0: Um, before we get into the actual message today, too, I just wanted to take a moment and just quickly reemphasize the uh, the Guatemala mission team trip. So last week they came up on stage and presented their needs. Thank you so much, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, presented their needs to the body, and this week those needs were met. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Live Church, for stewarding the resources God has given. God has given you really with a heart of generosity, so thank you. Thank you for doing that, and uh, it's, it's really cool to see that all of those um, people can go on this trip and uh, that those, those needs are covered, and just with the Operation Christmas Child this year and how well that went and all of the people who filled boxes, our Guatemala team, uh, the Christmas tree, the local outreach to, to kids here in the Ottertail County area as well, Um, Thank you. We had 136 total individual gifts purchased and ready for delivery to the community uh, this week. Thank you. That is amazing. That's 136 kids. That's 136 kids that get a gift this year on Christmas. There's 12 core team volunteers. There's 53 volunteer hours. And then also the uh, missions and outreach team helps support about 30 of the ornaments as well. And so as a leadership team here at Live Church, really uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to seek the Lord as to what needs that we can practically meet in our community. God, where do you want us to go? What needs do you want us to meet? And then to to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not just to gather and do church, but to really be an extension of the body of Christ and to have outreach. And so that is our goal, that is our heart. Then we bring those needs before you, the body, and ask you then to seek the Lord for how you can be a part. And this is so uh, important that you, each one of us, every single person that can hear me, does the work of tending to your heart. To your heart. You asking the Lord, God, how do you want me to be a part? How do you want me to be a part? Because it says this in 2 Corinthians nine 6-9. <clears throat> through 9. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you, each of you, each of you, each of us, every single one of us, should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Then the Bible says this, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Our desire as a leadership team, as staff, as an elder board is to never make you feel like you're under compulsion to give. Not a heavy hand, not manipulation, but that you would do the work to find out what you have decided in your heart to give. Because it says this, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. And their righteousness endures forever. So it's just a quick reminder this morning, church, that God doesn't want our giving to ever be a have-to. To ever be a have-to. God loves when our giving is a get-to. God loves that. He cares about your heart. This last week, my son was in a play <clears throat> at his school. And they were acting out the story of Ebenezer Scrooge. It was, it was classic. It was so great. And William Booth and the Salvation Army, and so telling the whole story, it was wonderful. They did such a good job. And um, there was this line, though, at the very end that kind of, I think, stood out to everybody, and it stood out to me, where Mr. Scrooge said this as he was experiencing kind of his his heart transformation, you know, during the 45-minute play. But uh, he said, I no longer give because I have to. I give because I can't help it. I give because I can't help it. And I just want to say, church, it is so vital, so vital that Christ followers get to the I can't help it. I can't help it type of giving. And that happens when each one of us has a revelation of how much we've been given. Each has a personal revelation in our hearts where we fall in love with Jesus because of his incredible love for us. So I just want to quickly make mention of um, another opportunity we want you to be aware of that we're going to do a year-end financial gift to three local ministries here in town. I know Amanda mentioned it. I just wanted to briefly mention it here today. Again, the Matthew House, it's a halfway house for guys who are trying to get back on their feet again in our community. They've gone through a hard season and they, they after maybe they've been on time where they've served some time in jail or whatever, they have this, this space, the this space to live and to live out maybe sobriety or to... To get their feet back under them and then to re-enter and engage back into society, and so that's the Matthew House. It's the same thing with Barbara's House that just launched or opened here uh, this last summer. My wife and I had the privilege of being there during their open house, and I, I believe the house is full. I, I'm pretty sure. I think the, um, they need more space, even. So the Barbara's House is for for women. Same type of thing, a halfway house, <clears throat> and then also health resources center. And as you know, Health Resources Center had like all of their funding basically cut from the state this year. And so our heart this year is to say, hey, here's some here's some ministry that's happening in our community. We want to come alongside and partner with them. And so those are the three things. So up until Christmas Eve, I want you to all of us to ask, How, Lord, how do you want me to be a part? And not to give reluctantly or under compulsion, but to ask the Lord, God, how can I cheerfully potentially give to this? And let's see as we pool our resources together. What God might want to do and how He wants us to be a part of blessing these, these ministries um, in our community. So, well, today's message has nothing to do really about giving. So, that was just a mini message. <laughs> but the Vikings don't play till three, so we're good. <clears throat> you got to get that in every week somehow, some way. Um, but we're going to start a three week series today called Oh Holy Night. And the idea is to really begin to turn our heart and our eyes towards Christmas as we prepare for the coming Messiah. So that's our heart today, and um, we're going we're gonna to start that. <clears throat> but I want to pray a prayer before we get into the, the actual message today. Uh, it came from Shannon, who, who headed up the entire Christmas Outreach Christmas Tree project this year. Can we just give her a quick hand? A lot, a lot of work, a lot of work goes into that. I just want to say thank you, Shannon, for helping bring those needs to us and making it possible so my family could grab that and go out and buy gifts. Thank you for making that easy for us to do. So she sent it. I wasn't sure if I was going to share that whole little bit just about the giving in our heart. But, but then she shared, um, she sent an email yesterday, and it confirmed all of, like, yep, we got to talk about this. And she, sent, she said this, you know, if we could pray this prayer <clears throat> today. Because in her time with the Lord, she really felt like God was speaking to her about this. So um, I want to read a prayer that she had sent to me in email. So if we can just bow our heads, and let's just pray as we as we are in a season of generosity, in a season of giving. Let's just let's just engage our hearts this morning, Lord Jesus. Your gift of the Word in Matthew six nineteen through thirty three reminds us not to worry about our needs and of our earthly and heavenly treasures. We are blessed by your deep love of our church and this community. God, you reign here. Many have sown their commitment to love those in need and not store their personal treasure. Their hearts are yours. We are told not to worry about our needs, that you look over the birds and you care deeply for the flowers in the field by clothing and feeding them well. How much more will you bless us? We pray for those, God, who will receive these Christmas gifts to seek the kingdom of God first in all of his righteousness. May their seeking bring them a newfound peace for today, in this festive season, and into the new year. May they either find us here at Live Church or bring them to a church community. Let us not worry nor store our treasures on earth, but strive to lead more lives. To the love of Jesus in 2024, amen. If you agree with that prayer, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. Awesome. I'm curious today, what's your favorite Christmas song? What's your favorite Christmas song? Well, you don't have to shout it out. (laughs) Maybe tell your neighbor. Thank you, though, for her (laughs) beats. That was awesome. Oh, Holy Night, classic, classic, classic. Let's go around the room. Everybody, what's your favorite Christmas song? Um, that was really great. Thank you, Dave. Um, also, just really quick, I want to settle something here today in 2023. I know this is controversial, but we're going to go there. We're going to settle this for good. Okay? By a show of hands, you have two options: who's okay with Christmas music before Thanksgiving, or who is okay with Christmas and says it should wait until Christmas music, but it should wait until after Thanksgiving. So, by a show of hands, who is okay with Christmas music before Thanksgiving? That's what I thought, that's what I thought. Who is okay with Christmas music after Thanksgiving? It's settled. Mark it, put it on the books. It's settled. It's settled after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Talk about Scrooge, you know. I like a lot of the traditional uh, Christmas songs, I really do. Uh, There's this producer named Toffee Tommy Prophet, uh, who produces an album every year with some really, really talented artists. And um, that's been rocking in our house right now. Some traditional songs, some newer choruses. And it's just like, wow, this is amazing. The talent level, I wish I could sing like that. It's amazing. So I love a lot of the songs. Maybe you do too. But growing up, there's a song that really stuck out to me, even as a, as a younger boy. And I think my dad, I should have checked with him quick, but I think we had this, this, uh, this, Recording on an album, I believe, I I think, but if not for sure, a CD, but I think it was maybe even an album. And it wasn't really the beat that was like, that got my attention. It wasn't the melody or really the vocal talent um, that grabbed my heart, but it was the message and it was the lyrics that really made an impact. The artist was Brian Duncan, if anybody knows Brian Duncan, but the song is this Grown Up Christmas List. Grown up Christmas list. Can I read you some of the lyrics? So here's my lifelong wish my grown up Christmas list. Not for myself, but for a world in need. No more lives torn apart. That wars would never start. And time would heal all hearts. And everyone would have a friend. And right would always win. And love would never end. Oh, this is my grown up Christmas list. And I just remember hearing that song and just, wow, that's different than what I'm used to. And it spoke to my heart. And isn't it fascinating how our Christmas lists change the older we get? Don't they change? I mean, I'm growing up, the toy land at Fleet Farm was like the coolest thing ever. Oh, my word. I thought the whole store was full of toys, you know? It was like magical in in a sense, and and now as I walk through Toyland at Fleet Farm, all I can think is like, "Wow, toys sure have gotten expensive lately." (laughs) Legos? Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's robbery. Talk about Scrooge. But my needs, my needs or wants really have changed. You know, as people ask, like, "What do you want for Christmas?" "What do you want?" I'm like, "I don't know. A new car." Something simple, stuffing, stucker, you know, uh, stuffing st- stocking, stuffer. <laughs> New car, that'd be great. One of those commercials with the bows on the car. Like, what if that was reality? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> so our needs are, are kind of changes, it kind of moves from it, especially when you have kids, you know, it's just like the excitement and the joy over just that, that toy. If I get that toy, they're so excited. And as you get older, like, things just begin to change. And I think if we're not careful kind of the older we get and the less christmas is tied to the gifts under the tree we can kind of begin to lose the wonder of it all kind of begin to lose that kind of excitement and kind of just start going through the motions or we just shift our and focus our right to our children and none of that's all bad but what happens when like it's the most wonderful time of the year what happens when that begins to kind of lose its wonder i'm wondering if you can relate this morning with kind of where i find myself at times and we just keep getting sucked into the hustle, the bustle, the consumeristic version of Christmas, all the things that need to get done only to wake up December 26th and think that, man, that didn't deliver the wonder my heart was looking for. Back to the grind, back to work, maybe now with some extra credit card debt. And I'm here today just for a moment, this morning on December 10th to say stop. Collectively, can we stop for just a moment today? Hang on, hang on. I know you've got plans. I know there's a lot coming up. But can you come just, can you come sit with me for a while? And can we collectively as a family, as a church family, can we take a moment, can we behold the wonder of Christmas? Can we behold the wonder of Christmas this morning? All of the parties, man, all of the gifts, all of the songs, all of the excitement, they're so great, but in and of themselves, man, they're they're not the wonder of Christmas. They're not the end in and of themselves. No, they are only there to serve as a means to an end, and that end is Jesus. That end is Jesus to serve as a means to God in the flesh has come to dwell with us Behold the wonder of Christmas. What does it mean to behold? What does it mean to behold? Behold is used 1,298 times in the King James Version of the Bible. It's derived from the Greek word, aido. I don't know how you exactly say that, but which has the literal translation of this To behold is to be sure to see. Be sure to see or as I like to maybe think of it too, is don't miss this. Behold, be sure to see, don't miss this. Don't miss this. There's a story recorded in the Gospel of Luke. When Jesus comes to visit the house of Mary and Martha, Jesus is coming to visit. How exciting. Jesus comes and he sits down in the living room, and then we get two descriptions of two different people In the presence of Jesus, the one description is of Mary sitting there at the feet of Jesus beholding her Savior, staring, listening, fully present to the presence of Christ. Mary, just sitting, fully present to the presence of Christ. The other description is of her sister, Martha. She's busy in the kitchen with everything that needed to be done. Just frustrated, probably talking under her breath. Does anybody do that? <laughs> I need to make cookies, clean the house. Oh, the house is a disaster. Wrap presents. Did Amazon deliver that package yet? Kids have this concert this tonight this week, and then, and then there's a gingerbread house making on Thursday at 2:15. Real story. This week, it's on my calendar. <laughs> And Mary, Mary, get off your bottom and help for crying out loud. Jesus, tell her to help. Tell her to help. There's so much to do. And I don't think the problem really is that there was all these things that needed to get done. It's not just like, ah, just chill. (laughs) It's fine. Like, we all know there's stuff that needs to get done. obviously, if we don't buy the gifts, there's not going to be gifts this year, right? somebody doesn't make the meal, there's not going to be a meal this year. So I don't think the problem is that, you know, we know things need to get done, but I think the thing Jesus was speaking to was the condition of Martha's heart, the condition of her heart, the posture of her soul. He said this, Jesus said this when she was begging Jesus, tell Mary to help. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Church, only one thing is truly needed in the Christmas season. Church, come, come. Behold the baby. Behold the newborn baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Come sit at the manger As Mary did, sitting at the feet of Jesus, can we sit at the manger this season? And behold, don't miss this. Make sure you see, ponder, receive the gift that can never be taken away and that has endless worth, amen, can never be taken away. And I know most of our heads have been educated about the facts of the Christmas story. We come around it year after year, after a year. And today I don't I don't want to just give you facts. So our brains can say, wow, interesting, never knew that before. Add that to the knowledge base. If anything, my hope and prayer is that as we study the prophecies, as we study the facts and the timeline and all of the amazing things, how God then lined it up for now. It really does. It blows your mind. It's like, this is amazing that all of that, all of that would not be the end. The facts would not be the the end and of themselves, but it would serve. All of that would serve as a means to this end. And that end would be our hearts filled with wonder, wonder at this child, Christ the Savior, is born. And our response would simply be, wow. Wow. Behold. Behold him. That the wonder would mature from what we're we're going to do, what we're going to get, to what we've already been given. I want to help you find your wonder this Christmas again. I want your hearts to be filled with wonder and not attached to gifts under a tree or whether everything lines up perfectly or however the events or parties go or all of that. No, no, no. That you find wonder in something that could never be taken away from you. Ever. Jesus. And today, I want us to specifically, in the time remaining, I'd like us to specifically consider one of the the realities of the birth of Christ. I want us to specifically consider and behold. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Make sure you see the incarnation of Christ. The incarnation of Christ. It's amazing. The word incarnation means this. The act of being made flesh. The act of being made flesh. It comes from the Latin version of John 1.14, which in English it reads this. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Wow. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And church, this is the purpose of the incarnation. Don't miss this. Make sure you see. Behold. This is the purpose of the incarnation. The Son of God Hold on. The Son of God. Yes. The Son of God born in flesh in order to be the Savior of mankind. That is the purpose of the incarnation. That the Son of God came in flesh in order to be Savior of mankind. And there are two reasons why the incarnation Is necessary, necessary, necessary. Don't miss this. Behold this. Let this capture your heart today. First, it was necessary to be born under the law. It was necessary for Christ to be born under the law. Galatians 4.4 says this. But when the fullness of time had come, that right there, whoa, (laughs) The time had come, the fullness, all of the prophecies, everything leading up, everything from beginning to the end, the time had come, the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. Why? Because all of us, church, every single one of us, has failed to fulfill God's law. Every single one of us has failed to fulfill God's law. So Christ came in the flesh under the law to fulfill the law on our behalf. Praise God. Wonder. Wow. Behold that. Don't miss that. Christ came in the flesh under the law to fulfill the law on our behalf. Here's what Paul then goes on to say in his letter to the Galatians. Starting in verse 4 again, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. To redeem the, church, that's you and that is me. To redeem those who are under the law the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters the wonder of christmas adoption as sons and daughters and second it was necessary for the savior to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins necessary for the savior to shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins in hebrews 9:22 It reads this Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. A blood sacrifice, of course, requires a body of flesh and blood. The incarnation of Christ. And this was God's plan for the incarnation. God's plan says this in Hebrews 10:5 when Christ came into the world he said sacrifice and offering the old covenant the old way sacrifice and offering that's how it used to be you did not desire but a body you prepared for me a body baby jesus the significance is astounding it's it's everything without the incarnation without Christ in the flesh Christ could not really die, and then, therefore, the cross is meaningless. The significance, the reality is amazing. So church, today, this Christmas season, I want to I implore you. I want to encourage you. Come sit for a while. Come behold for a while the manger. Come sit there for a bit in the busyness and, and all that there is to do this Christmas season, come and behold. Don't miss this. Make sure you see what is happening, what took place on that oh holy night, the incarnation of Christ. Later on in John 1.29, he um, records uh, John the Baptist, who was, was, was helping prepare the way for Christ. He was announcing that, you know, Jesus is going to come. He was baptizing people, People were questioning him, all these things, but there was this day where Jesus was coming towards him. And he records this in John 1.29. It's recorded that the next day when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming towards him, he said this, Behold, make sure you see, don't miss this, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Like, sit with that for a bit. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is what we're celebrating. And all of the gifts and all of the parties and all of the music It's just a means to an end to help prepare our hearts, to help us express, to help us celebrate this reality, the incarnation of Christ. Christ born in the flesh. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away your sin. Have you received this gift This Christmas? Is this a reality in your life today? The gift of salvation, the gift of your sins being taken away, Jesus offers that. Jesus offers that gift this morning. Have you received it? Today is an awesome day to receive the gift of Jesus. It will fill your heart with wonder. It will fill your heart with wonder. And I want to invite the worship team back up, um, and I want to leave us all with some questions this morning to consider this Advent season. Some questions. I want you to think about, and, and not just this morning. Like maybe this week, in this season, take some time in solitude. Take take some time in silence it's literally been a game changer in my life. The reason I share it is because it's been so transformational. Like it, we're so inundated with technology and information and it's just it's endless. It never stops. Some you go to you fall asleep staring at your phone and then you wake up and it's back on again all day and and we miss it. We we don't take time to behold the wonder of Christ and no wonder we just go through the season and it just passes and, and maybe we've missed. Maybe we've missed the wonder. So I want to stir your hearts today with a couple questions and ask you this. Is the condition of your heart today, the condition of your heart and just the posture of your body, the posture of your soul, is it ready to behold Jesus this Christmas? Is it ready to see Jesus this Christmas Is it ready to see the wonder? Is it ready to see the reality of Christ this Christmas? If not, maybe their adjustment needs to be made. Maybe it's, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but Mary has chosen what can never be taken away. Maybe this Christmas, maybe it's to choose the posture of Mary, to sit at the manger, to behold Jesus is my heart, I want to ask, is your heart today, is it filled with the wonder? Is it filled with wonder? Is it filled with awe? Is, is what begins to just overflow praise, gratitude, thanksgiving, thank you, Jesus, and you just you want to just sit and behold, is that the reality of your heart today, or is it, is it kind of cold? Is it kind of, ah, just, how do we rekindle that this Christmas season? How are you going to rekindle that this Christmas season? Meditating on the reality of what this is, the incarnation of Christ. God dwelling with mankind. Do you need to stop for a moment? Do you need to stop for a moment? Do you need to make some space as we begin to prepare and look towards December 24th and Christmas Eve? And do you need to just stop for a moment? Be sure not to miss it. As the band's ready, as we're going back into a time of some worship, we're going to sing a Christmas song. It's called, uh, What Child Is This? What child is this? And I love this song, and, but on the middle screen, we, we prepared um, a video that just simply depicts the moment Christ was born. It depicts what took place on that night. And it shows Christ, right in that moment, being born under the law to redeem us, to redeem us so we could be adopted as sons and daughters. So I want to encourage you as we, as we worship, if you want to like observe the video and just let hopefully the reality of that and the song and everything just begin to point your heart towards Christ and prepare your heart for this Christmas season. And our prayer today, my prayer today is that it would produce wonder in your heart, wonder in your heart. So church, let's stand this morning and let's behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Father, we thank you for your gift. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And this morning, God, in kind of like a holy reverence and just honor and space, that we would behold Christ, that we would meditate on what the reality of Christmas is all about. And in this time of worship, God, in this season, Lord, that you would capture, recapture, rekindle the true wonder of it all, God, in our hearts, in every single one of our hearts, God. That there would be joy again. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. That there would be peace again in our hearts, God. There would be worship again in our hearts, God. And out of that would flow generosity, Father. So take this time of worship, Lord, and May it be pleasing to you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's worship.